Thank you for tuning in to the Biz Nation podcast. My name is Kerry Zarb, and I've been helping business owners just like you go from headache to heaven in a heartbeat for over 20 years. I'll be giving you all the top advice for getting started in your business, but I'll also be speaking with some of the best business minds to inspire you with valuable insights to help you get ahead in your business. If you've ever hit a roadblock or lost your passion, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the podcast and thank you for joining me today. I'm Kerry and this is episode 51. Today we have joining us the wonderful Jay Manning from Johannesburg in South Africa. Jay's business is called Vivid with Jay, which is all about business mentoring and coaching for coaches. Jay has been an entrepreneur for 23 years and has 14 years experience as a mentor and coach. I want to hear all about Jay and her journey. So welcome to the show, Jay. Thanks, Kerry, and thanks for having me. Great to have you here and thank you so much for giving me your time and I really want to unpack yeah. your journey and just go through it together. So tell us about you. Let's go back. Let's go through your journey together and how this all started. Yeah, that's a good question. So it probably started back in 1996, to be fair. Um, I come from a very long line of employees and uh, my father was a banker. And I was given three choices. I could, I could study finance, finance, or if I felt particularly creative, I could study finance. <laughs> so I did. I took a business degree in finance. But, and I think his dream was, you know, become the accountant, really, was, 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 was the dream. I, however, had different aspirations. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be a business owner. But I had no, uh, I had no mentors. I had no terms of reference for anyone who owned a business. Everyone in my entire life worked in nine to five, hated every minute of it. And always been a bit of an adrenaline junkie, up for anything, not risk averse. I went and, and my, my general philosophy to life is go big or go home, right? So I opened up a business, um, opened a design and decor business. I took a showroom space in a large shopping mall, the incumbent in, in sort of large capital outlay. And it took me less time to sink that business than it took me to get my first business degree. Wow. And when I look back on it now, I realized that that business, I could have turned it around, but I simply did not have the tools, the know-how, the experience. There was, there was nothing. And everyone I knew, of course, said, you know, shut it down, go back and get a job. Like, just go back and get a job. Just don't do this. It's too risky. It's crazy. And there was a lot of shame attached to it. It was a very, I didn't have the support. You know, I had no emotional support. I lost my home. I lost my um, relationship. I lost a, I mean, back in 1996, it was close on, it was over $50,000 in 1996. That's huge. Yeah. And it took me, to, it took me a while to recover. But, and I think I did that by, I always say I, I retreated into, you know, I went and hid out in a cubicle for a couple of years. Not that there's much place to hide in a cubicle, but eventually I got to the point where I, you know, I checked my pulse and was very, very relieved to find that the entrepreneurial heartbeat was still there. And I've, I slowly but surely 
started building my next business. Did this a lot, uh, a lot more conservatively. You know, I went with the side hustle thing. I wasn't quite willing to throw in everything and, and the sink at it. And it grew. I mean, in fact, that business today is my event and design agency, which has done phenomenally well for itself over the years. And it's been a good 20 years now. I then decided to launch a, an e-com business, which was very innovative at the time, very cutting edge. And it was fun. It was a really fun product project. And I eventually scaled that business and sold it. However, I became very tapped in into the local entrepreneur, entrepreneurial community in Cape Town in South Africa. And when I looked at it, I was pretty shocked to find that the failure rate for new businesses within the first two years had not changed much in more than five decades, mm. despite unprecedented available to entrepreneurs today. And that raised a big question for me. And in truth, I, I think it lies in, in, in the truth of the matter is that information isn't enough. Mm -hmm. if, if all we needed was more information, we'd all be millionaires and we'd all have six packs, right? It's not the information part that that's missing. It's the implementation. It's, it's the fact that we make fear-based choices or we, we get stuck in a pattern of analysis paralysis or a pattern of procrastination or a pattern of overwhelmed where we don't take the appropriate action at the right time or in the right way. And I learned from our own experience with hiring coaches and mentors that that in fact was the missing piece. And so I became an, a, a very uh, loud proponent of, of mentorship and, and coaching. I didn't certify as a coach at that time. I, I got very involved with mentoring innovative startup entrepreneurs. And a few years back, I went and got my certification as a coach more because I was concerned about what I didn't know. I always say, you don't know what you don't know. And yep. so I wanted to make sure that I was as valuable to my clients as I could possibly be, was the, was the real onus. And then on January the 3rd, 2020, after I had a, <laughs> so it's crazy. On the 2nd of January, 2020, I had a very deep meditation. So if, you, if any of you meditate, you'll know that you have, there are some moments where you meditate, where you get so deep into that meditation that even though you cognitively are ready to come out of it, like it's like your body is frozen. Like it just won't move. You just end up in this incredibly deep meditation. It was one of those. Then she got up, went to sleep. And about 3 a.m. in the morning, I sat bolt upright in bed. And I literally, like out into the blackness, I was like, I have to help life coaches. And my wife was like, what? And I was like, never mind, never mind. Go to sleep, go back to bed. And I ran to my office and that's where I sat for the next three months. Oh, wow. Really getting my head around what that meant. Mm -hmm. And it started an entirely new journey. <laughs> what I quickly learned about coaches was that they are not your hard-nosed business person. They, they intend to make an impact in the world. And then they find themselves an accidental entrepreneur as a result, because they now are forced to build a business around it in order to sustain it and to make greater impact. So my drive has become very much focused on moving them and from the space of accidental entrepreneur to intentional coachpreneur. Mm -hmm. I'm not the coach that's going to, you know, that is promising them, you know, seven multi seven figures in the first six months. I'm the coach that 
helps them build a business that supports them getting their first client and then a repeatable process thereafter. So it's, it's, it's the unsexy bit of business building <laughs> that comes before hitting Instagram in your bikini <laughs> to tell the world how amazing you are. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's processes, it's strategy, it's, it's systems, it's clarity um, before the visibility part. I love that. I think that's amazing. And I think it's so needed as well because it's amazing how many business owners have coaches but then when you're a coach yourself, you may not even realize that it's a good idea to have a coach and someone in your corner, someone guiding you and assisting you. So is that, do you find that, that people are actually a little bit like, well, I'm a coach, I don't need a coach? Yeah, so I've, I've always got a coach. I'm never without a coach in different areas. You know, I have a coach for, um, she's worked with me for the last two or three years in my agency. We yeah, because the reality is the person you need to be at every level of your business changes. Who I needed to be as an entrepreneur when I was a four-figure business owner is very different to at the advent of COVID. We were just touching. We were just, we were about to hit the consistent. When I say I'm anything, there's, there has to be at least be three months of consistency. So we were just at the tipping of actually going to eight figures. I was a, I had to become a very different entrepreneur at every stage of the way. So are there, because you don't, you never reach a point where you've achieved it all, where the growth, you know, stops or it shouldn't. I mean, that, that's crazy. We never, no one ever puts down a book and goes, well, now I know it all. No. <laughs> There's no work to be done. Right. Because yeah. no matter how far we get, when we get there, we want more, we want better. We want more streamlined. We want more ease. We want more challenge we we want more the more never stops and a coach is a phenomenal way to to make sure that you are always at the top of your game yes I have heard coaches in fact I've been in groups where people have said you know I, I know I'm a coach but I'm, I'm just going to get a coach this once like there's almost like shame around a coach having a coach mm -hmm. heck therapists have therapists lawyers need lawyers yeah. right yeah <laughs> plumbers need plumbers because plumbers are out cleaning everyone else's you know pipes and their wives are complaining that no one's cleaning the ones at home so even <laughs> plumbers hire plumbers yeah the reality is there's no shame and in fact if you wouldn't employ someone in your industry why are you in the industry true i like if that. you wouldn't back the industry you shouldn't be in it yeah wow yeah I never thought of it like that, but it's so true. It is so yeah. true. And, and you're right, you know, the mechanic often doesn't work on his own car, you know, doesn't have time to. He's too busy working on everybody else's car. Um, most of the time in, in a, a mechanic shop, it's actually some of the employees that are working on the boss's car because he hasn't got yeah. time to do it. He's too busy, you know. But you're right, lawyers do need lawyers. And, and you know, all of these different industries in the world, it's so true. So really, you know, mentoring and coaching coaches is is not not weird at all really it actually makes perfect sense to me because I think we all need guidance and and assistance and we all need you know that supporter and that mentor in our life so that we can continue to move forward grow and develop and sometimes you know that might turn into a little bit of hard love and a little bit of a reality check and and someone to actually tell us well actually look at what you're doing and you know think about yeah. where you're going so I think it's great yeah, the reality is when you're in your business, you're in your business and you can get sucked into always being in your business. Yeah. I work with, 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 uh, large, 
blue chip multinational corporate clients. They're demanding. They require me to be in my business. A coach is, my coaches have always kept me accountable for stepping back, taking a look at the bigger picture and devising a strategy um, around what it is, you know, we're executing on and, and how we're growing and developing versus just being stuck on the hamster wheel of producing. Yes. It's an easy trap to fall into. And that, and that probably has been where I've always, I've always said my coach is my secret weapon. <laughs> my coach is what keeps my business growing because I don't always have my eye on the growth ball. Yes. I've got that my eye on the production ball. And those are two very different balls. Yeah. You're listening to the Biz Nation podcast. I would love to connect with you outside of the podcast and you can find me on Clubhouse, Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn by searching my name, Kerry Zab, or directly on my website at kerryzarb.club. And don't forget, if you need more support in your business, you can find the community on Facebook at Biz Nation Support Group. And Jay, have you noticed a difference, a shift in this since COVID? Because I personally know that I used to always work in my business, not on my business. So did you see a shift through the, the changes that came through with COVID? I think so. And I think the reason is twofold. Is that we all only have 24 hours in the day. And a lot of that, you know, I speak as a woman, some of that day was spent putting on mascara and lipstick and doing my hair and then getting in a car and spending 45 minutes driving somewhere. So living life the way we were prior COVID, you know, we were losing easily, easily three to four hours of productive time in our day that we won back Yeah, with, with COVID, with, with now being remote in teams. Of course, that has its challenges, but by and large, we actually gained hours in our day, which gave us more time to work on the business. Mm -hmm. Also, business slowed down. Globally, unless you were in in health and safety or or in some COVID-related industry, everything slowed down. And what happened was, I think, a lot of people either decided that they needed to pivot or that they now finally had chance to work on their business or they had to Re, re shake things up a little in their business. And so they did. It, it Again, it was a case of the world stopped. We had a pause. You got off the hamster wheel. When you get off the hamster wheel, you can take a look. Mm. And so, yes, I do. I think, I think there's been an immense amount of work on businesses, re-strategizing, you know, re, you know, because of the fact that businesses slow down, you, you, you can't afford to throw money. You've got smarter with how you spend you know, you've got smarter with your teams. You've, you've people have had to downscale, which means they've had to improve the efficiencies within their business. So yes, I think there's been a huge, huge move towards a luxury almost, a luxury to stop long enough to work on your business. Mm, yeah, no, exactly, exactly, and and I think that's that's so evident in in the world at the moment, as as well as the fact that you know a lot of business owners 
they're still finding their feet on the back of COVID. Mm. I think that's, you know, a lot of people have pivoted. Um, it's, you know, like was the buzzword for 2020. And, but at the same time, some people are, are still working it out. You know, some people have, you know, gone into this year cycle of, you know, moving their business, shifting their focus, you know, working out what they want to do and what they want to bring and the value that they want to offer. So what is your advice to someone that might still be a little bit lost on the back of COVID? That answer is going to depend very much on, on their situation. So the reality is two years ago, it, it, it would have been a lot easier for me to go, oh, well, this is the way forward. But the reality is we are in an uncertain time in the world. We're starting to see things even out, but in truth, there's a great deal of hesitation because people don't entirely know, is there going to be a next wave? Is there going to be another lockdown? Which, which industries are going to be hit again and again and again? It's a very precarious place to be because you don't entirely know what it is you're planning for. Yeah. You know, some in, 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 so for instance, in South Africa, the retail industry in August is shocking. It's a terrible month in, 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 in retail across the board, but that's a historic factor. So people in retail know, you know, that they push it in April, May, June, July, and then they've, they've got to ride out August before September kicks in. So they plan for it. It's part of their plan. We still don't know what we're planning for. It mm. is still uncertain times. So my thing is, is that we can't rest on the laurel of, you know, we, we now know that despite the belief that, you know, entrepreneurship was so risque compared to the, um, security of a job we know that that's no longer true there is so i think my advice would be to be be open to reinventing yourself whatever that means that doesn't actually mean uh, changing industry it's finding ways of becoming indispensable or needed mm -hmm. figure out we've got the luxury of upskilling we've got the luxury of of relooking at how we do things get proactive, take control. Don't wait for shit to happen. Mm, <laughs> you know? yeah. and I, I, because a lot of us, we do, we wait for things to happen to us before we take action. And COVID did happen to us. It happened to the entire world. But the reality is, although it happened on a global scale to everybody, you have people who will tell you that 2020 was the worst year ever. And you'll have people that will tell you it's the best year they've ever experienced in their entire life. The same set of circumstances that happen at a global le level. And it's about that response. It's about that proactive response to where's the opportunity in this? Because there is always opportunity. It's been willing to find it. Yeah. Hundred percent. Oh, wow, for sure. And and you're so right because I think about the finance side of business. Um, that's one of the spaces that I revolve in. And for me, you know, clients are like, oh, you know, let's compare this year to last year, or, or even back in 2020, comparing mm. 2020 to 2019. There's, you just can't, you know, no. when, you, when you think about your budgeting and your forecasting and and you know where the business is growing or heading. 
that's just all been thrown out the window. You know, it just, you can't use those figures in, in any kind of, you know, we're not back to normal and we may not oh. be back to normal for, for such a long time yet. Maybe so ever. Maybe ever. That's right. And I've actually questioned that myself, you know, are we going back to a, a normal? Who knows? Who knows what that looks like? No one's got the crystal ball, I think is, is part of the problem, but I guess, you know, as a business owner, a lot of people could get caught up in that and they could actually focus on that too much. What's your recommendation for those that are in that situation? And again, it's very different industry to industry. Do you have... You know what? It's, it's, yeah, we have to take it out of the equation. It happened. It's, it's, it was what it was. It's, it's not the, it's not the benchmark in your business. It's very... And whilst we don't know what's going to happen next, and I do not advise that you spend any time on 10-year or five-year or even two-year goals, mm. is set smaller goals. Set goals that are close. And when I say smaller, I'm talking about time frame, shorter, shorter goals. Have something to work towards within the parameters of what you can wrap your head around for the conceivable next six months. Mm. Good and, and, and break your year down, you know, we're so stuck in that mindset of new year happens on January and by December we're depleted because it's the end of a year. Just shake it up, mm. you know, make every six months new year, <laughs> have a year end at the end of every six months. It's, no one said it had to be a 12 month year. Um, I don't even work 12 months. I've never worked a 12 month year. I work seven months of the year. So I don't have a 12 month cutoff. Well, redefine a year for yourself. Right now, we don't know what's going to happen past six months. So, so plan for six months. Just bring the goalposts closer and execute on something that is within your control mm-hmm. to some level and degree. Mm. And the other thing is as well, Jay, you're actually speaking from your own experience here because you had a massive change when COVID came through in your yeah. business, like massive. Tell us about that. What what happened? What transpired for you? Because uh, this is this is the gold well, here. You you've lived yeah. it. You've lived it. You know, it's not first. It's it's um, the pandemic is maybe it's my second recession that I've really you know had to had to survive with the same business. Uh, In the first instance in 2008, it's it's the hospitality, it's the entertainment, it's the events industry. And when the global economic recession hit, marketing and and events are one of the first budgets to get cut in the corporate industry. And at the time, we were very capital intensive. We had office space, we had fleets, we owned inventory. It, It was... It was a lot. And so we pivoted in the, in the traditional sense of we redefined our existing business processes and became a lean operation. And we reinvented the way in which we delivered value and we were able to get through that swimmingly. In fact, we were one of the very few um, large-scale event companies that thrived through that recession. But it was our ability to pivot Pivot is different things in different environments. Pivot could mean a complete change in direction or simply improving on on something you've been doing for eons in a certain way. Mm -hmm. My coach was instrumental. Need to point that out. What was different when March happened in 2020 was there was no, there were no signs of a recession. There was, it, it all happened pretty fast in the world and there was a huge, uh, element of 
disbelief in terms of its ability to affect us and we didn't know how it was going to affect us. March, at, you know, at March 1, 2020, on the 1st of March, we had a little over $7.8 million on the books of events that were due to, to happen, be executed over 2020. And within seven days, it all disappeared. Wow. All of it. Every single event was canceled. We had some events that were then, sometimes deferred the event to uh, February 2021, which has come and gone, mm -hmm. as we know. Mm -hmm. uh, some deferred to May 2021, which is on, on the brink of those events are not going to happen. Yeah. So we literally had multiple six, seven, eight figures dry up in seven days. Like it just, it just disappeared. It evaporated. Wow. It was shocking. It was unexpected. And our hands were tied. There was no space to pivot. It wasn't like we could do eventing in a different way. Globally, eventing came to a standstill. Mm. It was illegal. It's illegal. I mean, at, at a governmental level, you were not allowed to gather. So our ability to, to streamline or redefine was, was, was stripped of us. And that was a frightening place to be because you're not in control. There's no plan B here. Like there no. was no plan to be made. We were fortunate that we were in a cash positive situation and we were a great deal of it. We also have the design side of our, of our business, which has carried us through. So we have um, become more lean. Um, we have, uh, we've had to do things like losing team members and even reducing salaries mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the interests of keeping people employed. Yeah. And as a team, that was a decision we had to make to, to keep everyone, you know, as safe as we could under the circumstances and protected. God, no one could have seen it coming, Kerry. It's, no, it no, took no. us, I mean, it, it took the world by storm. It, it happened fast and furious. And the reality is we still don't know. We do not have a, a line in the sand in terms of when exactly it's going to return. Mm, definitely. And Jay, from the events industry side, what is your, and I know it's really hard, no one's got the crystal ball, but what is your prediction of face-to-face -face events versus virtual events for the future? Look, the reality is the human race is always going, although we do love technology and we love the experience and the novelty of AI and all that kind of stuff, we are a social species mm -hmm. and there is nothing like walking into a room and going, oh my God, I haven't seen you in ages. Where's the wine? Like you know, people just want to be in 3D. Yeah. And I have no doubt we will get back to that at some point. Mm -hmm. I just can't get my head around the win. Mm. I think, you know, right now people are nervous. You, you have varying degrees of oh my god protect yourself to this isn't a thing i refuse to wear a mask and everything in between so there are so many degrees of how safe people feel to be in the environment now keeping in mind my clients are corporate so here's the thing for a corporate client is that they are incredibly protective of their brand mm. their reluctance is still going to be hosting an event with a chance that two or more guests may get COVID and the association be made to ill. Well, it was at so-and-so's event. Yeah. It's a negative brand connotation. 
and that if in my industry people are going to I mean they, they can't wait to get married people are going to get married they're going to have those family and friend events but at a corporate level there's a different implication mm. so so my particular industry I think is going to take a little longer to to wrap their heads around and embrace going back to whatever normal was mm, definitely yes and that that makes perfect sense because you're right the brand and you know that's that's a precious space that's a that's a really important space and we all see brands come into the media under a negative spotlight for different things so that's essentially what they're looking at they're looking at you know and they'll avoid that at all costs absolutely yeah and it's funny I, I just thought then for a second that some Oh, what's that little phrase that people say? All all news is all advertising is good advertising, or, or something like that. Oh yeah, all publicity is good. Any yeah. publicity is good publicity, which is crap. No, <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I can't I wish that it. was true. Uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's just certainly not the case when, it, especially around around this stuff. So, thank you for sharing that, and I appreciate you sharing your journey and your story and what happened to you, by the way, because that's unfortunately we're not at the end of the journey. That's well, the problem. No, we're, no. Still, we're still in the throes of this never-ending journey. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, Jay, uh, going back to the mentoring and coaching, when someone comes to you and they're absolutely lost completely lost they've got no no kind of you know there's no end to the tunnel there's there's no you know wh where do you take them what is the journey that you take them on well that is mostly the state in which they come to me <laughs> and purely because and, and they'll and I get asked by coaches all the time what is the one thing I need to do what's the one thing I need to be focusing on and I always say to them well you're starting a business so you have a baby it's in its infancy. And if I said to you, what was the one thing you did to keep your baby alive? What would you tell me? You know, would it be eating, drinking, <laughs> pooping, sleeping? You know, like, what is that one thing? There is no one thing. And especially in the online space, you know, you've got, you've got technology, you've got, there are a lot of things that go into building a business and they do, they, they get into a car. So I, I work them through a four piece model is that one of the biggest mistakes I see coaches making and I understand why, because everyone tells them to, in fact, everyone tells any business to the place you start is let everyone know that you're open for business, hit social media, market the bejesus out of yourself. Um, I take them back to the beginning, beginning. One of the very first pieces that I have to work on them is the clarity component. And this is different for coaches than any other industry. Coaching is a very tough sell. Because people wake up and they know when they need a lawyer and they know when they need a plumber. Heck, they even know when they need a therapist. They even know when they need a husband. They never wake up and go, you know what I need is a coach outside of Hussein Bolt and Serena Williams. That No one wakes up and goes, you know, I'm going to find myself a coach today. So that is the first thing is that it's people don't truly even understand the value of a coach or what a coach really is. It's still a little bit undefined in most people's mm -hmm. minds. Second problem is most coaches don't know how to articulate what they do in a way that con uh, conveys value to their would-be clients. Clients can, uh, coaches can be, and I say this with all the love in the world, fluffy, you know, they love to talk about, you know, excavating your inner unicorn and freeing your, you know, releasing your inner superhero and living your best life and authentically and all that kind of stuff. 
no one's ever going to go, oh, I want to buy myself some authenticity. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. And it's not really about what they're coaching on because the coaching itself is an effective model. It's a transformative model. It's about the messaging. And the other thing is a lot of coaches believe, you know, I'm a coach. I can, I can help everyone on anything. And that's all good and well, but you can't market to everyone because marketing takes resource, whether it's time or money or both. It takes time to, to connect with a market. So if your market is everyone, that's an immense amount of resource you need to put behind connecting with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I start with, right at the beginning with them around that clarity piece around defining the messaging. We move over to the strategy around what it is they need out of their business. Like what does this have to holistically? And based on what, what, what we develop in that space, we then go on to build the structures, the structures of, you know, traffic generation, lead generation, uh, sales system. Um, you know, I walk them through what it's even like to sell. A lot of them have a lot of reticence around selling. Um, the, the strangest things get in the way of coaches. It's fear of success. It's fear of failure. It's uh, fear of technology. It is, um, and, and, you know, a negative relationship to money, um, a, an issue with valuing, putting a price to what it is that they do, you know, that, that imposter syndrome kind of thing. We work through all of that. Um, and then we develop a visibility strategy and then we implement an, an accelerated visibility strategy, which versus the usual strategies, which is build your list, you know, build your list, post on Instagram, which could take you four years to get 200 subscribers. And, and you can't build a sustainable business on that. You know, so we work the numbers in terms of what the numbers are that we need to get to where they need to be. And it's different for every coach. And then we devise the strategy to go and make those numbers happen pronto. Mm, yeah, very yeah. cool. Yep. Jay, I've got another question for you. How do we know, not so much how do we find, how do we know where, when, when we want to look for a, a business coach, if we are a coach and we want to look for a coach for, for us, how do we know if it's the right relationship? How do we find, not how do we find these people, but, you know, when do we know that we've found the right person? <laughs> it's an interesting question and it's particularly tough for coaches. An entrepreneur, a hard-nosed entrepreneur, is a great deal more exacting on their business coach because they know exactly where they want to go. They know exactly what their outcomes. There is no vagueness in their mind about where they wanting, you know, what it is they're wanting to do. So the questions they ask are incredibly deliberate, incredibly, you know, they're constructed to get the answers they need. The problem coaches face is that there are a great many coaches out there, you know, a lot of them hide behind, and I'm talking about business coaches, they hide behind their content. And so they, on the surface, they seem like they, they know what they're talking about because it's such great content. But when you scratch a little deeper, you find that their only experience of business is that they once had a business coach or they took a business coach course. Mm-hmm. You know, um, or they are giving you, all they've done is they've, you know, they've studied Instagram marketing or video lives or whatever the case may be, and they're giving you one piece of the pie. Generally, what I say 
is firstly, look for congruency, irrespective of whether it's a business coach or other, otherwise. Does your coach, in, irrespective of where, what they're coaching, whether it's dating, relationships, business or otherwise, do they have in their life, in that area, what you aspire to? Mm. If they don't, walk away. Because if they can't create that for themselves, they absolutely cannot help you create it. They do not have the tools. So congruency is a massive, massive part of it. Spend time with them. Have a coaching session or two with them. And look around. Get smart. Figure out what the questions are that you need to ask. Ask a business coach what questions they should be asking. Mm -hmm. Let them tell you what's important. It's one of the things that I find uh, is lacking in, with, with coaches is that they don't, they, don't, they don't help the people that are hiring them to know what they should be looking for. And mm -hmm. you shouldn't be holding that back. You should, I think open cards is, is, is important in, in the coaching industry. So there's that. The second thing is, this is a big one, is is a coach going to coach you in terms of their agenda? Do they have what they believe to be the only way that you're going to achieve this. If that's the case, run, run, <laughs> run. It's not a coach's business to tell you the one way, because there is no one way. There are a thousand strategies to grow your business and every strategy works. They just don't work for every person you work for. They don't work in the same way mm. because who you are as an entrepreneur or as a human being, uh, in terms of your personality type, your ability to market yourself in a certain way, your, um, your resources in terms of, if you don't have um, six hours every day to put into your business, you cannot be given a strategy that's going to require you to put six hours into your business to get what you need out of it. Yeah. It's, the strategy has to fit you and not you fitting your coach's strategy. Otherwise, you just go buy yourself a course and work through it at your own time at your own leisure. Mm. And, and that is one of the, it's not about what I think you should do. It's what do you want? You know, so, 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 so take, for instance, a, a sporting coach. Sporting coach is going to say to you, what do you want? You're going to say, I want to get to the World Cup. Well, show me what you've got. Cool. Now I know what to work with. Now we can devise a strategy to help you get to where you're wanting to go. Mm. Not come to me and I will make you do this and we will get to the World Cup because there's no guarantee of the World Cup. There is no guarantee. And, and a lot of people will say to you, ask your coach for guarantees. And, and that's bull. That's absolute hog. Your lawyer, and I, I refer to the lawyer and the plumber because I'm, talking, I'm, I'm, I'm using professions, other industries and professions as a case in point. A lawyer cannot guarantee you're going to win your case. Yep. A doctor who's performed open heart surgery on 800 patients before cannot guarantee the exact same outcome for you. The only way I could guarantee the outcome is if I controlled all the variables and I did the work for you. Mm, exactly. Yes. You have a responsibility in that, like a sporting coach. Serena isn't phenomenal at tennis because she's got a coach. She's phenomenal because she shows up every, every day. She takes coaching She's coachable mm -hmm. and she implements it in a way that works for her. Yeah. That's the secret sauce. It's not the coach that makes her successful. It's her part in that partnership. So a lot of people get hooked up on this. 
ask for guarantees. If a coach gives you a guarantee, run. They have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Or they're just outrightly lying, one or the mm. two. Yeah. So you have to understand your responsibility in the relationship. Ask your for and look for congruency. Mm. That makes perfect sense to me because it's you're right. It's not a, a one-size-fits-all. It's It's got to be that individual approach. But at the end of the day, as a, as a coach or, or a mentor or any of those particular areas, someone still has to do the work, you know, like that's, that's a massive aspect of it. And I think you're right. If we just went online and we purchased a course, we've still got to take action. We've still got to actually take the steps that we're guided to, to be doing, but it, it needs to be tailored. It needs to be individualized. It needs to be a working relationship. And, and I guess yeah. that's what, what happens. You form a relationship. Much. Yeah. And, and yeah, two way street, you've got to work together with your coach, take the guidance and assistance that they're giving you, but you're the one taking the action. So, so here's the thing is in your business, you have to accept that you are the CEO your coach is an advisor in your business, someone that can help you, you know, see beyond your blind spots or whatever the case may be, push you a little further than you thought you could go. But you have to remain in control of that relationship. Mm. And a lot of people almost abdicate their power to a coach in, in, with the expectation that it's going to be amazing. The result's going to be phenomenal. It's just not how it works. Mm. Hiring a personal trainer is not enough to lose the weight. No. <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's exactly the same thing. It, it does. There is, if I could find a business model where I could just hire someone and then sit back and watch Netflix and I would see the results, I would have done it by now. Mm. And if you, if, if you find it, let me know. I'm up for it. Like, <laughs> like if you can find a business model that works, I'm up for it. In 20 plus years as an entrepreneur, I have not yet found that. Yeah. I've not found the way of doing that. There is no, there's never a year that I could say to you has gone past where, oh, the business is just, I'm not entirely sure how it just grew. <laughs> you know, it, it's not like that. It, it takes, it takes intentional, consistent showing up. There's, there's a lot of fun stuff, but there's a lot of grueling, mm. you know, a shit sandwich that goes with everything yeah definitely you know, there's the fun stuff and there's the not such fun stuff but in you 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 own business mm -hmm. you cannot sit in an, an employee mindset going well just tell me what to do yeah it doesn't work yeah it will fail you you will fail yourself yeah, exactly. Exactly. Jay, that's all amazing stuff. Thank you so much. And I think that that little bit of insight and understanding that we still need to do the work, it's our business. Yes, we can be guided and assisted and, and hopefully for anyone out there listening, they find that right person to work with. But before I wrap up the show, where do we find you? Ah, well, vividwithjay.com and on all the social pla platforms at vividwithjay in all the places. Oh, Really yeah. easy. Lovely. It's that easy. <laughs> Yay. I love that. I love simplification. That's my big thing is I, I hate overcomplicating anything. Like simplification is key. <laughs> it is. It is. Thank yeah. you so much. I will be popping all of those links. And when I say all of those links, obviously the website. Yep. <laughs> Into the show notes for the listeners. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Such been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. No worries. And we will chat really soon. Thank you. I look forward to it. Thanks, Kerry.
Thank you for tuning in to the Biz Nation podcast. It was lovely to share this episode with you. Remember to subscribe to catch all future episodes and I'd also very much love it if you'd leave me a rating or a review. Until next time, remember that you can also go from headache to heaven in a heartbeat.